Yes, g'day and welcome to the very first edition of the Duck and Rico's podcast broadcasting from what we are calling Duck Creek Central out here on the banks of the Hawkesbury River. In other words, basically from my shed. We do have a fire pit going though, which is pretty good and it makes us feel like we actually are out camping somewhere. Now for those of you who know who we are, you will know all about the off-road adventure show on TV that Rico hosted for about five years and the camping and off-road radio show that currently airs uh, across Australia uh, right now every single week. Now when we sat down and talked about doing a podcast we agreed that it had to be a little bit different to what we currently do on the radio right now but maintain that Aussie travel theme and of course we wanted a real Australian feel about it. We want to do our bit and support the bush and the people who live and work and often struggle out there so you know we want to put the spotlight on working stations that you can visit you can camp over or just experience just what it's like to live and work on a cattle or sheep station in australia now we wanted to have our own version of a bush tally so we we thought why not check in with charmaine perry who you may remember from the ruthie australia radio show and she'll let us know just what's happening around the country including events you know that you may want to head to yourself plus the things that matter to people who live and work in rural australia we look forward to shazza coming on this podcast rico will help us rediscover australia and take a look at some of the events the people and the big news stories way back when that helped forge australia into a country you know the country that it is today rather and also, you know, send you to a couple of those places as well. There's plenty of uh, history in this country uh, if you get out and have a look for it. So we'll send you out to, uh, you know, put some uh, put some places on your list for you to go out and check out yourself. Now, we all love uh, some type of four-wheel driving, whether it's extreme tracks, water crossings, even snow, and the camping that goes with that. There is plenty to see and do in a four-wheel drive in this country. We are so lucky to have so much choice. You can basically go anywhere you like. But we want to take you to all those desert destinations and iconic desert roads and tracks that are all over the place. So every week we will focus on a desert location as well. We hope you enjoy this new podcast. We're doing it for you. So sit back, grab a beer, spend the next hour with us. It's time to get into it, Rico. Here we are, mate. Welcome to the Duck Shed and our first podcast, mate. Mate, how good's this? This place is not too bad at all. It's not bad at all. It is good. And uh, this is our very, as you know, we you've worked a lot in the media, and uh, as have I, And uh, but we've never done a podcast. We podcast all the radio stuff, but not an actual specific podcast. And look, I'm led to believe you can say what you like. <laughs> I don't yeah. think you can defame people, but... <laughs> Um, but anyway, this we'll, could get a bit loose, mate. Oh well, we'll, we'll try and tight. We'll keep it as tight as we can, mate. We don't <laughs> want to, you know, just start coming out and swearing and carrying. Oh, on there'll be none of that. that. No, no. Uh, there, there's a family fair, friendly. There's a fair bit of that goes on when the when the microphones are turned off. But mate, this is certainly a bit different, and it'll be good. It's uh, it's, a, it's just, but it's the way it is now. Everyone's listening to podcasts all around the place, and I mean, I know now I get messages all the time from people who listen to us on the radio, and they'll listen to podcasts back to back to back to back. I mean, you yeah. can imagine their wives. <laughs> I mean, look, mate, get this imbecile off. <laughs> look, their, their wives are probably happy that the blokes are keeping themselves busy and not spending money. Yeah, exactly, mate. Well, that's true. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so look, and I, I've been places. I mean, we've camped up at Weeper one time, and the young bloke said, Dad, I can hear the theme song for the Ruthie show. And I said, mate, you're dreaming. And next thing, there was a bloke listening to it in a Ruth tent. Roof tent, rather. Yep. Ruth, a Ruth tent. And you know what, Ruth, there's a, there's a job. There's a marketing ploy for you, Ruthie. <laughs> Bring out Ruth tents. But um, top tenth, yeah, that's it. So basically, uh, people do listen to the podcast, and I know that when we look at um, the numbers that listen to the camping and off-road radio show, and and the Ruthie's Australia program, which is uh, ending now, and um, 
with obviously for reasons. Ruthie's pretty busy with his new dust em up series, and I'm yeah, doing right. I'm doing stuff like this. And uh, plus, we live a thousand k's apart. It's a little bit good for us. We live about fifteen minutes apart. So we're, yeah, it is, mate. It is. We're, we're laughing. So, um, but I, mate, the podcast is going. I hopefully this will be a good one. Yeah, I, I think this is a good opportunity. You know, I know that you're as passionate about the bush as I am. Uh, and we've both been very fortunate enough to spend a lot of time out there over the, you know, the, the last decade or two decades. Well, you've spent probably plenty. Probably your case, two decades. Um, you know, and, and why not share that knowledge and stuff that we've we've learned with uh, mm. with folks that are interested? Mm. Well, you've just had a look around my joint here. Don't you accumulate some gear when you go camping? Oh, you're, mate. <laughs> I've got, we've got, the, we've got the van out the front. We've got the camper trailer. We've got swags and stuff and spare wheels and jerry cans and things. And that's what happens, but... Yeah, mate, I, I actually just had some visitors over for the weekend up from Goulburn and I tried to offload some uh, some swags and sleeping bags to them as they left. Mm. <laughs> They've gotten enough crap off me over the years. They just said, no, I've got no room, mate. Yeah, that's what happens. But it's a good thing. It's, mate, it's a good problem to have. And, and I mean, look, and there are people, so many people now just getting into it. I mean, you look at, you know, you look at the um, four-wheel drive supercenter website and you go to those their outlets and there are just, you know, people flocking through the doors, walking out with all this gear. And then you go into any other store, BCF or Rotec Marine, any of those places in the camping stores. I mean, people are getting into it by the day. It's Absolutely. Amazing. Oh, it's just, it's a fantastic way of life, isn't it? You know, mm. it's, uh, there's so much of our own backyard to go and check out. I, it, it just has me boggled why anyone would want to go overseas mm. rather than go and check out the middle of Australia mm. and, uh, and some of those more remote areas. It, it is the most beautiful place in the world. Absolutely. And I think one of the things too is at the moment, the way the dollar is, um, there's a lot of people opting to stay here, which is um, a good thing. We travel Australia. Oh, look, I'm a big believer in, in oh, look, I've never been overseas. But there's one for you. No, I've never had any interest to do it. I don't know whether you have, but I just haven't had any interest at all um, to go overseas when there's so much to see and do here. Plus, I've always worked. I mean, and and I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm not going to take a holiday there. I mean, I want to go to Ayers Rock and I yeah. want to go to Cape York and I want to go to Morton Island and... I want to check out the beaches on the coast and the outback towns and see what this what this country was built on. And, and that's just what interests me. Everyone's different. Um, I know the missus was into me, so I sent her and my daughter overseas on a holiday and I stayed back here and had a holiday myself. Oh, how good the, young, the young bloke. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was a few years ago. They went overseas and did a few things. But I said I was working at the time and young bloke was playing footy and we were coaching him. I said, no, no, we'll just hang back and... You go and have a good time, and uh, but yeah, that's just what we do, and many people do it, and they all get out there. So hopefully, that's what this podcast is about, and we'll talk all those good things that people love to do here. Yeah, mate. Look, any chance I get to get a bit of red dirt under the wheels, just count me in. You mm. know, in a heartbeat. Yeah, don't even have to stop and think about it. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and and that's the thing. I mean, you can um, get out there, and you'll be just, just might be surprised. And look. There's one thing I've, I did a, a lot of, and I'm sure you've done it as well, many people have, is when around school holiday time, take the, take the kids out for an extended stay like from school, get them out. Yep. So they take the two weeks, which is you know, the middle of the year, they get a few of those little breaks, and then I'd extend it by at least another two and then take the kids out. And I, look, I don't care. I, I think the big, that they learnt more doing that than they would have in a classroom about oh, this country. No question, no question. I've done mm. that a few times. Not around school holidays time, I'll... I'll actually avoid going to those great places at school mm. holiday time because, uh, you know, over the years we've been very fortunate with the Off-Road Adventure Show to go to a lot of places and 
a lot of the time because it's mm. work for us. It's midweek, and mm. and we we're lucky enough to have the places to ourselves. So yeah. you sort of get used to that being spoiled a little bit, you know. Yeah, I know. So exactly. uh, you know, yeah. the the thought of rocking up the Eli Creek at Fraser Island middle of school holidays just mm. makes me cringe. Yeah, oh, yeah because no, no. that place is just like an ant's nest. Yeah, I was more, more talking about the mid year, you know, like when you get out to the outback and get into some of those places. And I've I've mentioned this on the radio. I mean, we walked into the Billabong out of Waltzing Matilda. And yep. I said to the young bloke walking out, you imagine your mates at school now doing this? I mean, yeah, that's so, right. You know, and, and as you go in, as you know, I mean, there were little plaques and stories and you read it as you go in and, and you get in there. And um, that's an education in itself. Oh, I, there's, I, there's I reckon anyway. There's nothing like experiencing it firsthand. You know, mm. it's not just looking at it, it. You know, it's the sights, the smells, the sounds. It's everything mm. that goes with it. Absolutely. The journey there, the journey back, mm. the planning. There's so much you learn. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes the planning and just that anticipation before the trip, you know, as good as the trip. Sometimes. Absolutely. You're very excited and then the key goes in the ignition and you start the engine up and you think, you little ripper. Yeah. yeah well, I'm, I'm in the there. middle of planning a, a pretty epic trip at the moment mm. for the new TV show that we, we have on the on the boil. So. Yes, and we look forward to that, uh, that hitting the screens too very soon as well, which we'll get into all of that. But... Um, yeah, well, I just think it, you know, places like Old Cork Station and some of these big properties that you yeah. can go to that were once, you know, in the heyday, you know, fed this nation and, and fed a lot of other countries as well that, that are no longer there. It's just, um, you know, they're just basically ghost towns now and there's a few of them around. That's one thing we should do on the podcast is talk about ghost towns as well. Oh, happy to. Yeah, because there's a stack of them and... Um, and we've got some information on those ghost towns, so we might even introduce that onto the podcast as well. But, mate, this is going to be a beauty. We're going to catch up with um, Charmaine Perry. Now, for those of you that have listened to us on the Ruthie's Australia show, Charmaine used to uh, be a producer of that program, and I don't know what she did working with us. I mean, she's a good sort, Charmaine. She was working with Ruthie and I, and one of the girls, a country girl, who um, who went to Sydney, become a journalist, works hard. She actually does a lot of work now for, for different media organisations and even does a fair bit of work for Katrina Roundtree, who's pretty well-travelled. There is someone yeah. who has travelled overseas and everywhere. Yep. Uh, and we introduced her onto the radio and said, you know, come on, come on, have a crack, you'll go well. She's very passionate about the bush, very passionate. Well, she come, she grew up on a farm, obviously. Yeah, well, look, she'll fit right um, in here, won't she? Uh, well, she does, and uh, you'll be stoked when you hear her. We're going to get her on the phone, and we're going to talk about the, um, the big music muster, the Clarence music muster, up yep. there on the mid north coast, and uh, but she will give us events. She'll talk about some of the things that are bothering people in the country, little things that are going on that you know some people might not have heard of, and we'll talk about it here. Um, we're also going to look at station stage, Rico, on this podcast. Yeah, which is, that's right. I've done quite a number of those over the years, and and it's always been a very very rewarding experience. Mm, you know, mm. you you get to drive some tracks that uh, you you wouldn't normally have access to, mm. uh, and they are. Typically on some just absolutely amazing properties. Yeah, that's for sure. And and not only that, you're supporting these people as well by camping in there, and that's what they call drinking silver. But it all adds up, and you get to see how they live and work as well. I yeah, mean, like, I mean, people in the city got no idea. It's an eye opener. I mean, you, you go to the butchers and there's your meat all presented nice and perfectly in the you know in the glass window there. Well, it, it actually comes from a farm. Hello, have, have, have you ever <laughs> go had, out and have a look? Have you ever had fresh meat from one of those really small town? Butchers. Yes. It tastes completely different to what yep. you get in Coles and Woolies. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, fantastic. Have you ever had meat straight from the farm? Yeah, I have. Yeah, that, how good is that? It's just incredible. Yeah, it is. Such, a, such a difference. 
Yeah, it's almost uh, criminal. Yeah, well, um, and we'll talk more. You mentioned that to uh, Charmaine when she comes on because she grew up on a cattle property where they had their own abattoirs, abattoirs and. Um, well, maybe she can send me a few shops. steaks. That'd be great. Mate, she can send you those big ones you like. You know, oh, those big mate, tomahawks. tomahawks. Yeah, <laughs> she's like me. She calls them cattlemen's cutlets. But um, and, and look, and one thing we'll talk to to her about as well. That her farm, that her family farm, is on the mid north coast of New South Wales between Sydney and Brisbane near Coffs Harbour. In fact, the M1 now drives right through the middle of their farm, oh, or a section of it anyway. They the government bought. Bought some land off them and um, and put the, the freeway through there or the highway through there, but she wants to set up a station stay herself as well as some little cabin accommodation and things like that. Yep. I mean, I, I reckon it's going to be a license to print money. I mean, That'd right be a there, great spot. Yeah. In between, and it's on the river, it's on the Bellingen River. I mean, oh, the Bellingen's gorgeous. Um, well, mate, I mean, this property is on the river. So, how many people travelling between Sydney and Brisbane or wherever that way? You know, with, no matter which way you're going. That's a perfect spot to stop. Oh, you could you could pay overs for a ridiculous, dingy little mm. hotel in Coffs, so you could go to Charmaine's place. What would you do? Yeah, well, we're going there, mate, and just kicking back. So, but uh, yeah, so we'll talk about station stays as well, mate. We want to look at, we want to rediscover Australia. This is this is something that you're working hard on now with other projects with your television program that's coming up soon. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we want to talk a bit about that here, and not so much just a. A history lesson. It'll be, you know, it'll be a little bit more than that, a little bit more in detail. So yeah, we'll, I we'll look at that. I want to keep something that's uh, it, it's varied. You know, it's not the same topic every week. So, mm. so this week I've got something prepared. It's a little bit of a, you know, a, a top five sort of list. Mm-hmm. I've actually got seven on this top five list. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, my no, math, my math is great. I never paid attention at school either, mate. <laughs> I went from the first class to the lowest real fast when I was at school, mate. Don't worry um, about that. I'm sure you remember your year, year, year ten. Mate, it was probably the best five years of your life. Uh, yeah, no, well, actually, they kicked me out because they said you can't be in the same class as your young bloke, mate. Out <laughs> you go. But uh, no, I do remember the last day very, very well. It was the fastest ever ran. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you know, I just thought, you little ripper, I'm out of here. So off we went. So there, yeah, that'll be good. And then, and, and then some of this, some of these, uh, these places, and that you'll talk about, are actually good destinations to send people to as well. Oh, for sure, for mm. sure. And, and what I'm hoping to do is uncover a few little hidden gems that people might not have heard of or might not have even considered, you know. Mm. Um, because in my experience, when we've ended up in those places, it's always been the most memorable, the most fun, uh, is something we hadn't necessarily would have considered doing Yep. You know, if the producer hadn't made us do it. And, and we've had a great time, so I sort of want to use that vibe a little bit and, and hopefully send, send some people to something and see something they haven't done before. When you did the television show, who did pick all the locations? Was it a bit of a group thing and sit down and go, let's go here, 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 or did you have somebody on board who just knew where they were going? Uh, it, it was a bit of a, um, a team effort there with, with myself and Dave, the producer. Uh, we both had bucket lists as long as your arm, so initially we just started ticking those off the list. Mm. You know, we, we went through all these places that, that we'd heard of and wanted to go and experience for ourselves and did all of that. Uh, and then after that, yeah, it was the uh, same sort of deal, but just did a little bit of research and seeing what's out there that might be a little bit outside of the square and not so common, and mm. and then ticking those off the list. Yeah, well, there you, you go. You'd never run out of places to go. No, you, no certainly not. I mean, how good is it? All right, so we'll do that as well. And like I said, we're going to talk some desert tracks. There's plenty of desert tracks. There's more. Everyone thinks the Simpson, but there's a lot more than just the Simpson, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. There's a heap of deserts in mm. Australia, and, and it, some of them are home to some pretty hardcore tracks, you mm. know, very, very remote sort of stuff. I'll tell you what, the desert is my happy place. The question I get asked more often than not is, what's your favourite place in mm. Australia that you've been to? For me, it's the Simpson Desert. Yeah, right. Hands down, no question. Why is that? I don't know, mate. Um, 
You know, as a young bloke when I was four-wheel driving, I used to be one of those blokes to go out and do a bit of rock hopping and look for all the crazy stuff and prove how much of a man I was and, mm. you know, run the big tyres and, and all the silly stuff and go out and break my car every weekend. Mm. Um, and I used to wonder why, what, what is the attraction that once you've gone over one sand dune, surely you've gone over them all. Mm. And, uh, and then when I went out and experienced it myself, it was literally the closest thing to a spiritual experience I think I've ever had. Mm. I, I wandered off from the group and just went and spent 10, 15 minutes by myself, mm. no one else around, nothing in sight, nothing else within earshot, mm. and just soaked it up. And, you know, I nearly cried. It Gra was just that beautiful. Graham, Cra Graham Cahill says that as well, that it's very spiritual. He actually, he's actually done the whole thing on his own. Yeah, I'd love to go and do that. Yeah, and um, I've I mean, been talking about that a lot this year. Just on his own. Nobody else, just yep. him. I mean, how good is it? I I mean, you'd want to enjoy your own company, I guess, but yeah. I'm, I'm tipping Graham's the sort of bloke that would. Yeah, well, um, I, I reckon he's the sort of bloke that uh, doesn't mind the odd chat with himself. Yeah, so, um, and he's got one of those radios, the VHF, the radio, where you can tune in around, he was telling us about it, where you can um, you, you can join this community at night time if you wanted to hear what's going on around the place and stuff like that, and just oh, really? check in and things, yeah, so... But anyway, that um, yeah, okay, so the desert... Well, desert tracks, and I think that's what we want to do. We want to introduce these places to... People who uh, take the time to listen to this podcast and and a whole lot more. It should be a bit of fun, this mate. Yeah, looking forward to it, mate. I reckon we should uh, we should just hook right in. Yeah, the beauty about it is because we're doing it ourselves. If we stuff it up, you know, this machine I've got here that I don't really know what I'm doing with, we can yeah, that's, actually that's edit it and take all our stuff ups out. That's high tech looking, mate. I oh, know it does look I'm, high tech. It looks good. I'm just wondering what on earth it's doing in front of you. Yeah, exactly right, and all this other gear. But anyway, we'll do exactly. There'll be people there going, mate, what? You're kidding, aren't you? <laughs> anyway, we're uh, but we'll do our best. We hope you enjoy this podcast, and um, you, you know what we're about. We're about getting out there and travelling around, and and we're gonna we'll do some other things on there as well. We'll we'd like to get you know people who listen to the podcast involved and see if we can't get little prizes to send people and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds great. And uh, and get them involved and interact with the show. There's the dog barking in the background. Everyone yeah. should have a everyone <laughs> should have a blue a, a blue cattle dog in the backyard. So. Um, there we go. We'll sing out to him in a moment and get him to quieten down. But there it is. It's pretty real. We don't want to cut the dog out, do we? we leave him nah, in there. leave him in there, mate. Leave him in there. He's um, old Blue. He's doing his job. He is doing his job. It's actually uh, this broadcast actually brought to you by Blue Collar Media, and that is the security that you can hear <laughs> out there. All right, we're going to get into it right now. What we'll do is we'll get. Uh, well, we might just start talking about. Um, what do you want to talk about? One of those tracks right now. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do that, and uh, we'll get into that right now. All right, mate. So, what are we? Where are we off to for our first desert location or our first desert destination, mate? Mate, the first one we're going to do is what I think is the obvious one. It's called the French Line. The French Line is the shortest, but probably the most difficult way through the Almighty Simpson Desert. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, just a magnificent experience out there. It really is. Now, to cross the Simo, you go across the French Line. There are other alternatives, but when you go on this way. Uh, you've got to cross 1,100 sand dunes, 1,100 of them. I didn't count them, so don't hold me to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it really is a spectacular drive. Now, it depends on which way you're going, whether you're going from east to west or west to east. If you're going east to west, so Birdsville out to Mount Dare, you'll find the going a bit easier. The, uh, the dunes on that eastern side are not quite as steep as they are on the western side. And... Uh, Obviously, coming back the other way, it is pretty tough going. And you get a lot of blokes out there that don't get their tyre pressures right and chop it up a little bit. And uh, 
but but don't don't be daunted. Don't be put off by going out there and having a crack at it. I think like a lot of people put it up there on a pedestal as as being dangerous, and you have to have thirty years experience and all the bells and whistles. It's it's just fair dinkum not true. You know, we've taken stock standard vehicles out there, like literally stock standard vehicles across the desert. All you really need is a bit of nous and uh, and a little bit of common sense, and you won't go wrong. It really is not that difficult. You, you still know? you still need to prepare for it though, obviously, and that needs to be thorough. Of course, look. I wouldn't go out there, or I just said that I did, but uh, I, I I would recommend you don't go out there without a few sensible modifications. Mm. So some, some suspension, an upgrade from standard is going to be great because there are a lot of corrugations on the way there mm. and on the way back. Uh, and even the, the, the dunes themselves get really chopped up and corrugated because people are not running the right tyre pressures. So that's um, that's a fairly important thing to get right. Now, the other thing I would suggest is a set of decent tyres, something that features light truck construction, Probably in uh, an all-terrain at, at the least. Uh, and if you're, if you're really keen, you can go with a mud terrain. But all terrains will do the job absolutely fine out there. Uh, and probably some frontal protection would be the other thing. Mm. Just, uh, again, once you get out in, into those really sort of remote country areas, the the chance of having an animal strike mm. oh, of course. just goes through the roof. Mm. You've seen my bull bar. Yes. <laughs> anyway, but that's yeah, exactly... And, Look, the other thing, look, a couple of things I think if you're going anywhere in the outback or anywhere remote, I think you need communication. Um, you know, UHF at, at the very least in the vehicle with a good antenna. But I think you also need some sort of satellite communication, I, I think, if you, depending on how many of you are going. Um, but if something goes wrong, I think it's important that you can contact somebody for help. I'll use the, I just use a sat sleeve. Yeah, uh, and I you mean, can hire them as well. You can yeah, hire yeah. a sat fan from, from a lot of reputable yeah. places. Yeah, and they're cheap now. I mean, like, really, I, I mean, when you think about what satellite phones used to cost and the cost of using them was just enormous. Yeah, it was like but, 80 bucks a minute when yeah. it started. Well, I've got, I've got one, and it was one from Optus who used to um, advertise with us, and I actually went I actually went in and looked at them and organised one through the show at um, Rose Hill, the big camping caravan show there, and... Um, Mate, it's a great thing. I mean, you opt in and opt out, so you're paying $15 a month when it's opted in. Yeah, so it's no ongoing cost. No, that's right. So if you're not going away anywhere uh, soon, you can just opt out. You just you just give them a call, and they just flick you an email and say, yeah, you're out. And then when you when you opt in, you just give them the return call and say, look, we're opting back in, and they, they hook you back up. normally takes a couple of hours. And then it's only like, it's $15, $15 a month, a dollar a minute to ring out. Yeah, but the the beauty of it is you're not ringing all the time. No, of course not. Is your text, right? Yeah. Now the good thing with the sat sleeve, it's not a fat, sat phone, but it turns your iPhone into a sat phone. So all your contacts are there. So if you look, and one thing I probably wouldn't recommend you do is get onto the uh, internet and use all the data because that can be very, very expensive. Yeah, that but, adds up very quickly. But you're going out there to get away from that stuff, really. So you you really wouldn't need um need to do that, but. I just, I just think, and the good other thing, one of the other bonuses with it too, you can slide the little front piece off it, and it's got a triple O button. That always works, whether you're opted in or out. Yep. So if you forget to opt in and you've gone out, something happens. And the thing I like about that too, if you hit an EPIRB, no one knows what's happened, right? But with a with a triple O button, you hit it. You can say, look, we're all okay. We've got plenty of water. We've got shelter. We're fine. But we've blown an engine, or we've done this, and we need help. So, um, but anyway, but that's one thing, and. And lighting, I reckon, is another one, Rico. You need good lights on your vehicle. I, I, I think, just especially if you're travelling at night. I'm running these new Ultra Vision 1800s. 
right. Go all right? They're the best driving light I've ever used. I, I was running 1,200s for years, and um, these are 1.8-kilometre distance. Mate, I can't see 300 metres in front of me. Well, that's how good they are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, um, I just think you need good lighting, and you, obviously, yep. like you say, you need that bull bar for all that protection. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Look, you hit in our travels. Yeah, you hit, hit, hit and wildlife out there, mate. In our travels, we've hit just about every species there is, I think. Yeah, and you yeah. don't mean to do it. But oh, of you course can't, not. You don't do anything silly to avoid it either. You just sometimes just back off and think, I'm sorry, mate, but you're gone. Yeah, and that's what um, happened with Dave. You, uh, you put, yourself in the, put yourself at risk if you try and swerve and brake suddenly and things like that. Producer Dave was in our camera car with the crew and... Um, which is coming out of Cameron Corner. You know, it's just sort of getting away a little bit from our desert track, but mm. uh, coming out of Cameron Corner, and as, as you're heading west out of there, you come. It's it's a well-formed road. It's not sandy, but it goes over through some dune country. Mm. They came over the crest of one of the dunes and bang straight into a cow that was just sitting on the other side of it. Mm. Just uh, yeah. Yeah, I saw a bloke. I was travelling. Oh, this wasn't off the road. Either. This was on road, and I was travelling between St George and Mungandai. Uh, St George in Queensland and Mungandai on the border of New South Wales, not not far from the Nindagully pub. Yep. And uh, I come across a bloke in a Holden Road day AU that had hit a cow, and mate, the damage that it done. And it did basically. He didn't even. It was in the dark. He didn't even see where it had come from, and the damage. And he was very very lucky himself. I mean, this thing had gone through the. It had gone over the bonnet, and into the um, windscreen, and, and basically wow. just crumbled the roof. And he. Yeah, he'd make a of, mess. He he somehow just ducked his head enough to, and but oh mate, it was and traveling at night up there. Um, mm. the you'll see a few signs from time to time as you pass through stations and so on. And there's we came across one, and we'd been through there before, so we knew it was coming up. And it says danger, black cows at night. Mm. So we got a little. Um, Here's a tip too: take notice of those signs. Too right. They, are, they a, are there for a reason. <laughs> we we got a sharpie out and wrote mm. black ninja cows. Because yeah. you can't see them. You don't know where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you do see those signs when you're travelling out in, you know, in the remote parts of the country, somebody's put them signs there for a very, very good <laughs> reason. Right they have. So pay attention to it. It's not like you think, oh, yeah, it's all right, it won't happen to me, I'm just flying along here. It will happen if you don't pay attention to the Absolutely. signs. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we've got this in. We did, we did wander off the desert. But yeah, we did. Track. So, the, yeah, the French line. It, yep. if, you've, if you're planning to do the desert, this is probably the way you're going to do it the first time, I reckon, because it is the shortest distance to travel between the two. It's just over 500 k's. Mm -hmm. um, if you've got a long-range tank in your vehicle, you should be okay to get across on one tank, uh, unless your vehicle's outrageously heavy and you're mm -hmm. towing and... You know, and we, we we don't recommend towing through the Simpson Desert. Maybe small camper trailers are okay, but mm. certainly nothing bigger than that. That's yeah. just asking for trouble. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, well, you've seen my camper trailer I have here. I'd probably tow that across, but I certainly wouldn't be towing the van over there. Oh, definitely. You know, it's not to say it couldn't do it, but uh, it's just frowned upon because it, oh, well, it does cause damage to the tracks when, when mm. vehicles start wheel spinning on the sides of dunes. It yeah, just makes it less pleasant for the next bloke who's got to come through. Yeah. But, um, look, the, the popular way is to go... From west to east, yep. Start at Mount Dare, end up in Birdsville, finish off with that massive sand dune at the end called Big Red, mm -hmm. the biggest sand dune in the Simpson Desert, and it's also the the easternmost one. So it's the last one that you do. And and conquering Big Red is an absolute thrill. Yep, it's, definitely. It's a big, big, big sand dune. Yep. Geez, it's good up on top of it, on top of Big Red, isn't it? Oh, it's just spectacular, mate. I've got some fantastic photos from up there. You it's see the best incredible. sunrises and the best sunsets right there. Yeah, it's amazing. And then, of course, you get the um, you know, about another 40 k's east. You head into the Birdsville 
pub. Yeah, what a way to... I mean, Benny there and get yourself a What a way to finish your trip, eh? Absolutely. Get in there. What a way to finish your trip. Wash down all that sand and dust. Well, that's not bad. That's our first desert destination, and we have spoken about that one on the radio before, the Simpson Desert. But we wanted, we thought we'd just touch on that one, but we have a stack of them that we want to bring to everybody oh, out there sure. listening. So You know, next time I, I think we just try and stay a little bit more focused on the track. Jeez, we, we went off track there, didn't we? It doesn't we? matter. It's a podcast. We can do I it. Know, we like it. I know. We, and that's what it's like. It's just two blokes shooting the breeze here and uh, doing our best. It's pretty good. What we're going to do now, though, is we'll, I reckon we'll get Charmaine on. We'll introduce her to the, uh, to the podcast, and I reckon we should do that right now. What do you right. think? Have you got some little fancy music you're going to play in front of that? Um, no, probably not. Okay. Let's All just right. get her on, eh? Let's get her on. Our people out there listening to this podcast for the very first time, that's not going to be hard to do because this is our very first <laughs> podcast. That would be everyone who's listening. Exactly, including us. <laughs> but uh, we now want to introduce the star of this show because we've got you and I who are absolute heaps. We've got Charmaine Perry on the line. How good is it? Charmaine, Shazza. Oh, what about that? Hey, just, good to be here. What about they just went berserk here? Did you uh, hear the crowd you. then? I'm just playing with <laughs> the did. buttons here. So on the. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, Charmaine, you are a mid North Coast girl of New South Wales, as we know. Grew up on a farm. I was telling Rico a little bit about it earlier. And yeah. um, and you've, you came to Sydney to the big smoke and you were um, became a fully qualified journalist. You did very, very well. But you're going back to the farm. I am, look, born and bred on the Coast Coast and, you know, my parents own a cattle farm there and also growing up, my parents, um, you know, had an abattoir and butchery. So I pretty much grew up in a bassinet on the offal table there. So <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, moved away to Sydney and I always had journalism as a passion because I always loved farming and really wanted to be a voice for the farmers as well. So you know, it took me to Sydney to study, but, you know, Sydney's great, but there's no place like home. So my um, partner and I will be heading back there next year and, you know, setting up setting up home there and, yeah. How good will that be? The lu- you, and the luckiest, that you and the luckiest bloke <laughs> in Australia. And um, if you could just put another log on that fire too, Rico, will you turn around and reach over, mate? That'd be good. Uh, they're the luckiest bloke in, um, in Australia, down Dale, who popped the big question just as you were hopping on the plane. To go to New York for six yep. months because he was a bit worried. <laughs> yeah, mm. uh, clever, clever. Yeah, player. he thought, oh, I bet it's better get a bit of a big ring here, so mm. no one goes and has a chat with her in a bar anywhere. So mm. I reckon this will be <laughs> that about was as idea. this will be about as bad as it gets, Rico, on this show. But I reckon he would have been shitting himself the whole time <laughs> that uh, you were gone. <laughs> yeah, he would have been in the fetal position, thinking, "Oh no, uh, rocking backwards and forwards." <laughs> but anyway, that's um, but very good. So because of that, and because we, you and I have worked together in the past, um, you were a producer yeah. on the Ruthie's Australia radio show for us for a while, and. We got we then introduced you to the audience wow. and put you on what air. A, what a tough gig that would have been. Oh, of course. Trying to wrangle oh, you two. Yeah. Wrangle well, those two. That was, yeah. She did very, very well. <laughs> she, she made us look very ordinary. Because when we, I think we took a photo with Shazza one day when we were all together and everyone is just – we, you know, because well, like Charmaine, and we'll put it out there, she's a great sort, great person. Standing between Aww, two of the most ugly, two of the, two of the most rough-headed looking blokes anywhere, and she just looked that little bit better. The, it made yeah. us all, actually, you just know what? Pad, I might re, I'll rephrase that. Shaz. It made us look worse. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh but, come on, you guys scrub up, all right? But oh well, I don't know. Maybe, Opinions yeah. vary. 
Good on you. I know you're being very. Takes a while, but you do. You're being very generous there. (laughs) Now listen, and now because you did mention that, you you know, you wanted to be a journalist so you could be a a voice for the bush. You were the perfect person when I decided to put you on the Ruthie show because we wanted you to cover things that matter to people in the in the country, and in the and in the bush, and and no matter where it was in Australia, we wanted you to help you be that voice and and bring some things to you know people's attention that they may not you know usually would have heard about. So I thought when yeah. we decided to do this podcast, I thought, you know what, this would be a great comeback for you and uh, you can come on and do exactly that. But not just about um, events that are on and we're going to talk about a, a music event that's happening on the Mid-North Coast very, very soon, but we want to bring those other things to people's attention that, you know, that take the time to listen to this podcast, uh, that things that are happening out there uh, on the land because people are doing it pretty tough you were telling me a story the other day, Shazza, about um, these a bloke who brought his bees over from the inland mm. over to the coast. When you when you yeah. think about drought, Rico, you think about you think about um, cattle, you think about sheep, stock, yep. Yep. people. You don't think you, you know that the wildlife out there is obviously struggling. They hit they hit the you know hit the go and hit the go button and hit just where there's some water and do all that. But the last thing you would think about is how the drought would affect bees. Yeah, and bees are yeah. obviously crucial. Mm. Yeah. Part of, part of the environment, you know. it's um, They are. And yeah. they're responsible for every third bite we eat as well. So when you think of it that way as well, it's pretty damn important. Yeah. You know, far more than just, you know, producing sweet honey. Um, you know, what they do for our environment, you know, and, and our plates is a huge thing. So, you know, and, and one of our bill keepers, bee, um, Bill, he actually brought his um, bees, yeah, from out west and, and brought them to the coast. And um, he said he'd never seen in his life these bees flock down to the grass and they were licking the dew off the grass. They were that thirsty. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, and that speaks enough, to, you know, just that picture. Mm, yeah. It's, so, in, it's incredible, really. And that's what we want you to bring us, stories like that and things that are happening and you, you're very good at that because you're passionate about it, and that's why we thought we'll get you on this podcast so you can bring those little stories and the way you know some of the people on the land are being treated by government and other people, and and just um, news in general. And, and we want a lot of good news stuff as well, absolutely, and a bit of humour. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I thought it's a good one to start with. Um, you guys would be well aware of the beautiful Clarence Valley. Mm. Um, you know, in New South Wales, and there is the Clarence Valley Country Muster coming up soon, and that runs from October 21 to 27. Um, and that is in the beautiful little township of Almara, so that's on the riverside as well. Um, and it's around 20 minutes north of Grafton. So, have you guys been to it before? I've been to the Almara pub. I stayed there. Yeah, I've been to oh, yeah. how good is the pub on the river there? Yeah. Oh, it, look, so good. Great anyone, Street to Oh, for anyone who um, anybody who wants to travel to a little town that's on the coast that you think you've gone back in time, slip into the village of Almara, yeah. just north yeah, of Grafton. Absolutely, it is it is incredible. Little narrow streets. It's like it's like you get up in the morning, and I was a little bit dusty, as you'd expect, Rico. I had a pretty big night in the pub, no. and I went out onto the veranda. It was like I was <laughs> no staying. At, it was like I was staying in a doll's house. I was like this little <laughs> perfect little village. It's a yeah. and it's right on the river, and uh, so it's up. It's that's where they hold it, is it? They hold they the do. festival there. 
Yeah, in Almara. And look, a little bit of background of the festival. It's in its seventh year now, but it began back in 2012. And it's on a working property that's owned by a local Wendy Gordon. Now, back in, you guys might remember the 2012 devastating floods um, that were in the area. Now, Wendy and her family got together at that time and said, look, let's raise the spirits of the community. Let's give back to the community. And they created the country muster um, after those droughts. So it's been, you know, every year been going from strength to strength. And like I said, in the seventh year now, it's attracting people from all around Australia. Uh, but also some really great um, acts as well. And I know uh, Duck, one of your mates, is um, headlining there as well. This is Adam Harvey. Mm, he certainly is. And he's overseas at the moment entertaining uh, a cruise ship. Well, not so much the oh, cruise wow. ship, but the people on the cruise ship. And he yeah. does a fair bit of that work. He reckons it's hard work. I mean, he's kidding. I, I, he sent me photos the other day of some pub in, in Italy. I mean, yeah, good on you, yep. Adam. But, uh, yeah, he is. He's the headlined <laughs> act. And, uh, and, and mate, he's, he's a great bloke. And um, he'll be... He'll be massive up there. Yeah, that'll be yeah. worth the price of admission alone, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's a great bloke, Adam. And uh, and I know he's looking forward to it because I was talking to him about this event and he loves going to it. He loves all those festivals. So um, Yeah. And he does. He tours around a bit and he's he's actually got a uh, another – and we might even get him on the podcast for oh, a bit of a totally chat, Rico, should. about yeah. – he's doing a um, a big tour with Becky Cole and I can't think of the other person, but there's a few of them off doing this big reunion tour around the place when he gets back, but I think as soon as he gets back from this trip he's on now, he's straight off north to do this this um, festival. And so he's a headline act, and like you say, he is worth the price of admission on its own. But this is a great Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. This is a bit... I know it's not as big as the Big Red Bash and it's not as big as the Gimpy Muster and all that, but this event will do wonders for the local community and for the surrounding communities as well, for all the people that will head there and spend a bit of money. That's right. And it, and it is a lot more than just the music as well. I know that um, they do have a number of events uh, during it as well. There's one that I did want to mention. It's the High Tea for the McGrath Foundation. So yep. the great thing about this is that the money raised will actually help um, go to training and placing McGrath Foundation breast cancer nurses throughout regional Australia. So that's such a worthwhile cause to get behind as well. And I mean, who doesn't love a good scone as well? So mm. get get behind that one. Just but on, sorry, Shaz, I'm just going to cut you short there. Just on scones, are you yeah. still are you still in the CWA? So I've, I've given it a little bit of a rest at the moment. I mm. think um, you know I love the CWA, but sometimes it gets a bit controversial here. In the city, <laughs> so I might <laughs> I they... might wait till I move back to the country. Yeah, why do they yeah. have a CWA in the middle of Sydney trying to tell the CWA all around the place how to do things? Yeah, I mean you're kidding. Yeah, and you're I, kidding, I'm kidding, aren't what you? I say here, but you know. Yeah, no, we don't want to um, get you blacklisted. <laughs> don't want to get me blacklisted, but mm. um, you know, I think um, yeah, it, it's slightly different issues that they they bring up. Um, so I thought, you know, it is it is a wonderful organisation. I know my grandmothers um, and great-grandmothers have all been involved in it over the years, and that's why I was really keen to get in it as well. But I might wait to um, to rejoin my local branch when we move back to the farm, I think. So, so basically it's the City Women's Association, the one in Sydney, is it? <laughs> it is, yeah. Okay, fair well, enough. No, well, fair enough. Have any of them actually been to the country? <laughs> a few of us, like, I mean... A Say, for instance, um, you know, there are, there are a few members there that have moved 
and have joined the CWA in the city for the same re- um, reason that I did. Mm. But then you have people there as well that, you know, that, that may not have grown up in the country too, which, mm. um, you know, uh, is, not a, is not a bad thing. Um, but, but that's not but what it's about, though, is it? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, but I still keep in touch with the women that, um, yeah, that I connected with there as well. So, um, yeah, it is It is a wonderful organisation. But, yeah, I think I'll, I'll wait for a couple of years to, yeah, <laughs> to get, join us back in, in my local region. Yeah, that's Yeah, but a bit of a controversial question, I guess, which, you know, may divide everyone listening. Um, do you put the cream or the jam first? Oh, the jam first. Yeah, the jam first. Oh, yeah, I put the cream. What, what, what did he put the jam on top of the cream? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. Now that's no, fraught with danger. That's going to end badly. <laughs> I always put that on first because you think of it. What would you put first, butter, before you put jam? So I put cream. First. No, no. <laughs> so you see, the the jam's too dense and heavy, and if it sits on top of this light, fluffy cream, where's it going to go? But what it's happens go when you put off. the jam down? It crumbles. Like the scones crumble into the jam. Well, that's if it's a crap so scone. Oh, I guess so. I need to get back in and learn. Oh, uh, I, I think <laughs> there'll be something in the CWA guidelines booklet about about this protocol, and I think it's something about, that needs further investigation. I think so. They make good. They <laughs> make good. They make I'll good. Get cup- back to you. Sorry, they make good cupcakes too. I mean, I'm a big fan of the CWA. Yeah, look, I've never met a yeah. scan I didn't love. Yeah, exactly. So, look, just yeah, on either. this on this Clarence Country Music Festival, when is it on? Yeah. Sorry, it's on the October the 21st to the 27th. Mm. And tickets are on sale now. You, you jump onto their website, which is cbcmaster.com.au. Um, the great thing about it as well is that you can um, get a ticket that allows you to camp on the property as well, mm. um, which is really good. But otherwise, look, there's plenty of um, accommodation in the surrounding townships too. So whether that's a hotel or whether that's a holiday park, um, you don't have to worry too. But the good thing... Um, is that while you're in the area, you may make the most out of it because the Jacaranda Festival is on in Grafton on October 25th. So head to Grafton, make the most out of that as well. Mm. And another thing that you fellas might not know is that the Upper Clarence Valley, it's actually home to the longest whitewater trail in our country. Oh, there you so go. If you're, yeah, if you're a fan of kayaking or canoeing, you've got 195 k's there. That you know, and that flows through the Man uh, Nimboida and the Clarence Rivers. So it's a great well, that's right up your alley, right? It. So it is. You've seen yeah. the you've seen the jet ski here. Jump in a canoe. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> so there'll be a jet ski run. I'll tell you what we'll do. We're looking. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're looking at. Uh, I'll talk to you about this. We are looking at doing a charity run on jet skis because we've we've started our own club down here called the Geriatric Jet Ski Club, and. Hawkesbury River Hogs, and then we sat around with a few beers around a fire and said we should do a run for charity. And I reckon yeah. that, that could be it. We could just do a quick one there so and, and do that. There's 195 Ks. We could do it and then back or even just I do know. That. White water, rocks, <laughs> yep. jet skis. Yeah, no. Yeah, my, my uh, end is oh, rock, white water. Don't get me wrong. I'd pay to see it. I miss that yeah, bit. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this, see, because I'm not the brightest person. I didn't hear you say it's white water, uh, so it's rocks. Good. Yes, yes. I won't yeah, be doing white yeah. water. Well, Crazy stuff. Before anyone gets excited, we won't be doing that. Crazy right, stuff. Right, give it a crack, honey. Yeah. So I'm just on, on the um, the CVC Muster website at the moment. Tickets. Look, if you want to stay there for the whole week, 
you know, on-site, caravan site, all of the entertainment, 140 bucks. I know. How good's that? It's great. Just for a week. You stay there for a week for 140 and cop all the entertainment. That's right. It's a massive yeah. lineup too. How many artists are there? There's a heap of them. They're all There's there. There's so many. Mm. So you've got you've you've got great names like Lindsay Butler, Runaway Dixie, Red Paul, Terry Gordon, but you've also got a lot of new um, and local talent that'll mm. jump up on the stage as well. So it's mm. a really good chance to. Yeah, discover acts that you've never heard of before as well. So, yeah, well, I've got to say to you, Troy Casadale came from Barbie. that. You know what? Yeah, well, well, Troy, yeah, Troy Casadale grew up in Grafton, and I mean, yeah. so I mean, they've got some pretty good talent. Like, there's good local talent right Something there. In the water there. Yeah, good, absolutely. Yeah, good local talent right there, and um, so they can they know. And look, Mike Slim Dusty came from Kempsey, not too far away. Yeah, that's away. right, just down the road. So I mean, it'll be great. Some of that young local talent's fantastic. So it'll be good to. Uh, to see that as well. And, of course, as you just said, Jazza, our man, Adam Harvey, who is the headlined act. So check it out on the website. You just uh, Google um, the Clarence Country Music Muster and um, you will see all the information there. All right, Shazza, we're going to let you go off our very first podcast and we're very happy that you're going to be a part of it. Yeah, we'll send you a link so you can send it to all your friends. She's definitely classed it up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. What was that, Rick? Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, you, you've definitely classed it up a bit for us, Sam. I appreciate that. Oh, cheers, guys. Anytime. Yeah, she does well. All yeah. right. All right. Good <laughs> stuff. And then what we'll do, we'll, once you get going with um, your little um, ventures you've got happening up there, we'll tell everybody about that as well. That's in case, you, it, just in case anyone listens to this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We, we'll do a show from there. Oh, from the banks of the Bellingen River. Oh, well, we're on the banks of the. One hundred percent. We're on the banks of the Hawkesbury today. We could actually do that on jet skis. Yeah, mm. river crawls. Yeah, we could even do a river crawl. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take the jet ski through that white river rafting as well. How good would that be? Anyway, absolutely. I, the phone's line's a bit dodgy. I didn't actually hear you say that, but it sounded good at the time. Well, my heart was in the right <laughs> place, Rico. Yeah, I know, mate. All right, Shazza, we'll talk to you next time, eh? Cheers, guys. Good on, good on Cheers. you. See ya. And that was Charmaine Perry. How good is she go? Oh, up. fantastic. Yeah, she's uh, she's brilliant. She does a really good job and um, has done for a long, long time in, in this field and uh, in the media. But you know what? She's a country girl at heart and she's back going back home. Good yeah, look, and she's told me about a cracking event that I didn't know about. So. Yeah, really? You didn't know about it? That'll do, me. Yeah, I actually, there's signs everywhere up there too. I drove down from the Gold Coast a couple of weeks ago and there was just... Every second bender went around. Here's another picture of Adam Harvey's head um, advertising <laughs> this thing. So um, good luck to him. And um, obviously we might, we'll even do a spot on the radio with this and probably speak to Adam Harvey on there as well to give them some support because these um, these regions up there could do with it. Too right. Yeah, get that up there. You're not going to get much better than that. 140 bucks. What a bargain for a week. Whew, incredible. Anyway, all right, so what we're going to do now, we'll move on quickly because we've been going for a while here. Oh, and I haven't really kept an eye on the clock here, which is a good thing about the podcast. Yeah, who cares? We don't care. No. We can just stay here and, um, and keep on going. But one thing we want to talk about on there is um, station stays. Yes. And we'll do this every week. We'll focus on one one particular station. And, um, I mean, we've stopped, you've stopped at plenty. I have. I recently did a bit of a stint at Trilby Station. And uh, for those of you who wonder where Trilby Station is at on the Darling River, uh, beautiful spot. It's where, if anyone has seen the Lee Koenigan film clip for the song Wheels and um, Back Road, there goes Bluey again. That's yep. the, uh, the dog, if anyone wonder who that is. And um, 
Listen to him. Jeez, he's loud, isn't he? He goes off. Yeah. He's a big boy. We're natural here. So we could easily just cut this and then re-edit it, but we won't. No. We'll keep it real because we are in my shed and doing it. I've always wanted to do this sort of thing from the shed, mate, so here we are. You but need to restock the fridge, though, mate, just quietly. No, there's another fridge just further down. If you look down here around my shoulder, you'll see another oh, fridge there. Beautiful. Yep, and um, there's plenty in that one, mate. Don't worry about that. But uh, we don't run out here too often. <laughs> That's all I can say. Although... You, know, you put that log on the fire, good on you. So what we'll do is um, we'll talk about these stations and um, I think that that's a, a, even if it's a part of a bigger trip, if you're on a big trip somewhere, stop in at one or even two or whatever, more, and, um, and, and spend a few days to see how some of these people work and live. And I can tell you, if anyone who's been to Kilcowra Station at just uh, near Thargaminder in Queensland any time lately... You'll see how tough they're doing it there, mate. They're down to a handful of stock. Yeah. Yeah, The it's dry as you like out there. Mm. It really is. It's just crispy. It's not good. Mm. Yeah, no, it's um, it's very dry as blue. He's, he's agreeing with us. But, yeah, it um, yeah, certainly it is as dry as chips out there and they've had to offload a heap of stock, yet not even, you know, not even 100 k's away, copped a heap of rain. Yep. And it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It's uh, just heartbreaking. It is in- incredible. And um, uh, for people that want to know where we're talking about, if you go up the Dowling track from North Burke up through Hungerford, you'll find you make your way up through um, Thargaminda. And before you get to Thargaminda, you'll come across Kilcarra Station. And uh, I've been out there when it's been good, and I've been out there when it's been pretty bad. It's bad at the moment. Uh, but I'll tell you what, they're resilient. Mate, I mean, Tony and... Um, and uh, Greg out there, I mean, they're they're doing it, and they've they, they yeah. have and they have opened their property up, and they did this some time ago to people who would travel, but not just people on road. They've got an airstrip, so people fly in and stay, yep, and uh, and stay in the uh, accommodation that's there and the shearers' quarters and things like that. They have a campground, and they also have bush camping out on the property. It's yeah, a, well, it's look, great. If, it's if a great wanna, property. If you want to have a bit of a look, jump on their Facebook page, Kilcarra Station, and. They put posts up fairly regularly, and mm. um, it, it's a great way to whet your appetite and see what's out there. And some stunning little spots on the on the property. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And they've got when when there is a bit of water around, they've got the uh, they've got the lake and the billabongs and all that stuff. And yeah, there's still a little bit of water in the lake. Yeah, there. yeah, they've been lucky there. They've still got some water there in there. But um, but I know when we were out there last time, we we, the, we had some people that we worked with on the trip with us on our way to Birdsville, in fact, for the big red bash. And uh, they were out getting the yabbies and they had a great time. But oh, that's the best. Yeah. I let, well, I when we first um, went there, I mean, I gave the young bloke a bit of a drive. We are out on the property. I said, mate, yep. have a drive. And uh, they said, plenty of kids have had their first drive here. And, How good uh, is that? Yeah. And it's a real eye-opener. And for people who, who live in the in the big smoke, get out and have a look at some of these places. The thing that will strike you is how they live. Yeah, um, it's so so remote and yeah, so out it's, there. It's just simple. It's very yeah, simple. I mean, the, their house is twelve kilometres from the front gate, so it's um, and you think, where are we going? And you're just driving up this track, and you're you know opening and closing gates all the way in, and then all of a sudden you just come across the homestead, yep. you know, and you're welcomed with open arms, and you know it's always a warm welcome there, and then they'll take you out and show you the campground. Where do you want to be? Set you up with a mud map, yep, and details and information on the property and. You can off you go. You can go and do your own thing, and they, they supply the firewood, give you the real outback experience. And um, you know, every, every campsite has a fireplace or a fire pit of some sort, and um, you can 
cook your food and do all that, sit around there and keep warm at night time and have a few beers. And um, look, I certainly do recommend it. Trilby's another one. It's a beauty. You been there? Yeah, been to Trilby a couple of times. Yeah, how good is Trilby? It's, oh, it's a massive fantastic. property. Yeah, I'll, fortunately, last time we were there, there was quite a lot of water in the river mm. in the Darling, and uh, and it was doing well. It's not doing so great at the moment. No, there's water in it, but it's not as low. Yeah, yeah, it's not real crash hot, but uh, you know, resilient people out there, mate. As you said, they'll they'll stick it out until it's good again, and. Yeah. She'll be right. Yeah, well, like they're, they're, and they're, you know, theoretically a sheep station, but these days they're, they're farming goats. Yeah. And um, to get through, that's how bad it's been out there. And basically the goats are wandering onto the property and, and um, they're herding them and, and shipping them over. I think they go to the Middle East. They get a good price for them. Yeah, well, it is the most consumed meat in the world, goat meat. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, the most consumed meat in the world. I would have thought it'd be a cow or a chicken or something like that, but no, it's goat. I would have thought chicken. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Colonel Sanders thought that when he came up with the 11 secret herbs and spices. Yeah, well, I, that, I guess you look at those. That's an ideas man, isn't it? I mean, you buy a chicken for five <laughs> bucks, eh? Ah, <laughs> uh, the Colonel, Fredding. You're oh, making me hungry now. Yeah, how good was the Colonel? <laughs> I mean, you buy a chicken anywhere for like five. What's a chicken worth now? What, a frozen chook? Five oh, bucks? No. Nah, it'd be ten bucks, I reckon. No, I don't think it's that much, mate. I think they're a bit cheaper than that. Oh, and you just come up, I, mean, I reckon one day they'll... Do you think they'll ever release the 11 secret herbs? Oh, yeah, it's all over Facebook. It's all over the internet. Of course it is. 100%. Well, well, no one can... You You can make it the same. I'll I'll make some for you. Okay. Well, you can cook. I'll give you that. We did that cooking thing a few weeks back. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do another one. I've got a few scheduled, and uh, I'll make that one of them. Here we go. So we'll call you now Rico Sanders. (laughs) Mate, call me anything you like. Just don't call me late for dinner. No, no, fair enough. So, yeah, that's one thing we'll do on the podcast each week. This week, this our, bearing our first podcast, we're just generalising things to let you know what you can be in for. But um, look, we think um, station stays are an important part of the um, the rural economy. And we want, and, and as we said, I mean, a lot of these people out there, they call it drinking silver, but they certainly, you know, it gives them a bit of cash. Yeah, at the moment, it's probably a little bit more important to them than that. So, you know, mm. if you can slot one into your itinerary for your next trip, by all means, do yep. so. Yeah. You, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, there's plenty of them out there too. And there's a Station Stays website as well you can check out. And we might even chat to um, Di Watson, who runs the website, uh, looking after these um, rural stations across Australia, giving you options to accommodate yourselves on your trips. And I, I think the other thing about it too is they appreciate uh, the people, apart from the money. And, and it doesn't cost much to, to do it. But they, how many people do you think are real good friends with, say, Tony and Greg at Kilcara now? Yeah. That Tony and Greg never thought they would never have met them if they didn't open their property up. Oh, to the not public. in a million years. That's right. Yep, exactly. And I mean, there are places like U Camp as well. You can check out. There's a website, ucamp.com, I think it is, or ucamp.com.au. You can check that out, and that gives you a lot of properties as well that you can camp at. And what he does, uh, our mate from U Camp, is he advertises to property owners. To, uh, Do you want to open to your property up? Open your property up and encourage. You know, the, the good thing about it too is that these days, especially the caravanners, they're self-contained. Yeah, that's right. Fully, they're not even dropping water on the ground now. I yep. mean, they are just they, they've got their water tanks, their grey water tanks, they've got their toilets and showers, all that stuff. They're self-contained. So I mean, you can pick a bit of cash up and meet some pretty good people. You meet some characters. Oh, I can imagine. Along the I way, I can just imagine, mate. I, the characters we've met over the years on our travels, it's mm. uh, it, it's an eye opener. All right, so that's what our podcast is going to be about. We're probably going to wrap things up now. So it's all about Australia. We want to, we want to get out there, support the bush, 
But we we want to try and send you out to places as well and check out some of the great um, attractions that are out there, rediscover some history that's all around Australia. It is in every corner you will stop at. There is something there that happened many, many years ago and there'll be some sort of evidence of that and you'll just be fascinated by what you can find in those sorts of places. Uh, we'll talk to Shazza, as we said. We'll tell you what's on around the country, some of the music events, and we want to bring some of the news to you as well and, uh, and talk about some of the issues that people uh, may not know about. And, of course, desert tracks, and we'll introduce other things as well. Yeah, I think the right. Ghost Towns is a good one. Yeah, it'll evolve. It'll evolve. It certainly will. I think we, I think the Ghost Town one is a beauty, and uh, I think we might even just start that off the bat next week on our next podcast We'll introduce Australian ghost towns to the podcast. Yeah, as well. I know. I know a few right off the top of my head that'll be crackers. Yeah, I, rip, I reckon they're rippers. I love them. I mean, the one at Farina is one that stands out for me straight up. Yeah, Farina Beltana's another great one. Mm, they're around. Oh, too right. There's plenty of them. I don't know if there's any ghosts. Do you believe in ghosts? No. I've actually got some ghost music on here. I think. Yeah, let's hear it. Oh no, that might not be it. Was that for your uh, that your crystal ball stuff? So when we talk about the ghost towns, it must be this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there we are, playing with the go. podcast machine on our very first podcast. Uh, Rico, thanks, mate. This is the first of many, we hope. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and we'd love to hear what you guys think and what you'd like to hear as well. Uh, so we've set up a bit of an email address. It's info at ricoandtheduck.com.au. There you go. Info at ricoandtheduck.com.au. So shoot us through an email. Tell us what you thought and what you'd like to hear. And, uh, mm. you know, if we like it, we'll take it on board. And if we don't, well. We'll just put that in the old delete file. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the go. So, all right, so info at ricoandtheduck.com.au. Send an email to that address. Info. Was it info? Info at ricoandtheduck.com.au. So send an email. So if you listen to the podcast, any suggestions, we will welcome those. So even if there's a place that you know of that you want to tell us about or uh, anything, any sort of contribution at all, or if you just want to tell us we sound like we sound terrible. Yeah, look, I'm, we'll copy it. I'm, I'm no doubting there'll be plenty of those. If you want to bag us, that's fine. We have a delete button on our email as well. And very thick <laughs> yes. yeah. And look, you can check out our Facebook pages as well. You can uh, you can contact either of us there. So mine is uh, at Rico4x4 and yours, Duck? Is? Yeah, it's just at the Duck Adventures. So you'll find the Duck page there. And uh, we've set up a YouTube channel as well, Rico. Yeah, it's all which, happening. Oh, we're, we're going to post some video on there as well as a lot of podcast links, which will be all the ones from the radio shows that we do, and as well as um, this podcast link will go there as well. Just look for the Duck 4x4 um, Australia. The Duck, sorry, I'll get it right myself. Yeah. The Duck Off-Road Australia. The Duck Off-Road Australia is a YouTube channel. Yep. So there you go, the Duck Off-Road Australia. Check that uh, YouTube channel out. Rico, our very first podcast. We beat one of those beers out of the fridge, eh? Sounds like a plan, mate. All right, that certainly does. That's our first podcast. We certainly do um, thank you for uh, tuning in, downloading it and having a listen. And hopefully, if you like it, we'll do a few more for you. But, uh, Rico, let's do it again all next week, eh? Count me in. All right, that's it. That's our podcast. Thanks very much for tuning in, folks. And we'll catch you next week right here on the internet. How good is it? (laughs) This has been a Blue Collar Media production.